This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 14th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. What's happened since the days when we used to let our children roam free to discover the world on their own, without fear that they would be snatched or poisoned or suffer some other awful fate? Lenore Skenazy is founder of Free Range Kids and host of the TV series World's Worst Mom. She says it may surprise people to learn that the world has gotten much safer. When I was a kid, I lived in rural Missouri. I rode my bike everywhere. My diet was largely <laughs> sugar. Mm-hmm. I was and whole milk. <laughs> I was I was what was called a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got home from school before my dad did, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was alone. So I would grab a bunch of potato chips or mm-hmm. whatever Oreos for me. But okay. And that wasn't that long ago, and what I'm not perfect, but <laughs> I, I feel like a lot has changed. What's changed? Um, well, let me start with what hasn't changed that people all think has changed because when, whenever anybody meets me, they tell me their happy story like that. But then they usually go on, but now times have changed. You know, I'd love my kids to have that kind of childhood, but times have changed. And I said, how do you think? And they said, well, there's just so many crazies. There's so many perverts. Crime is up. And I said, okay, would you please, I'm not going to tell you this. Just go Google FBI and let's look at some crime statistics. You go look because you won't trust me. Crime is down to the level it was before color television. Nationally, we are down before color television. And the homicide rate is back to the rate it was in, ooh, let's see, 1906. So if you think that great-grandpa wasn't crazy to go walk into the fishing hole, and if you think that your parents weren't crazy to let you walk to school or play outside or ride your bike around the neighborhood, you're not crazy to let your kids do that either. Statistically, your kids are as safe as you were. And then people say, oh, but they're safe because we keep them inside and we're helicoptering them. I said, go look at those statistics. Everyone is safer now, okay? All crime is down. Crime is down if you're an adult woman, an adult man. If you're a house, if you're a car, crime is down. So it's not that we're helicoptering the the houses and the adults. It's that crime is down. People hate hearing that crime is down. They want to think that children are in peril every single second of the day. And that's the thing that baffles me most. Now, uh, you held up an issue of Parents Magazine. Yes. It reminds me of Marge Simpson reading <laughs> right. uh, Fretful Mother yes, Magazine. Yes, right, right, right. And um, I, I mean, I think that's a natural impulse to, mm-hmm. to you know, you want the best for your kids. Of course. And, and of course. mothers in particular often are, mm-hmm. are protective. Mm-hmm. And some other people, they blame media for a lot of this. But mm-hmm. the media doesn't get to sell stuff that people – cannot be convinced that they want or need. Well, I'd say the media and um, and Fretful Parents or Fretful Mother magazine are of a piece, which is that scary things sell. Um, naturally, we are hardwired to want our kids to survive and thrive. Um, but it used to be that you didn't get information about a kidnapping in Portugal <laughs> and be told this should be of, of paramount importance to you in deciding whether you let your kid wait at the bus stop today. Now we are. When, when I let my son ride the subway alone, which was the big story um, that started me um, in the parenting field, um, people would say a couple things. One person wrote to me and said, don't you watch Law & Order? As if that should be, uh, you know, the model that I use for deciding whether my kid is safe. And then other people will bring up any kidnapping from any time in the past 40 years um, as if that's evidence that shows that no child is ever safe. And then the media does its part by um, reiterating those stories over and over again or, um, or finding them wherever they are, however far away, and putting them on our breakfast table as if, um, as if it's relevant. So I just feel like 
Um, I don't blame parents for helicoptering today because the, it, this information and these scary stories from however far afield are being shoved down their throats. And then let me just give you my favorite example of why I don't think parents are going crazy. It's a crazy society. One thing that you can buy is something called a little kit called tooth prints. Have you heard of the tooth prints kit? I have not. Okay. Um, comes in a little baggie. And it is a little plastic, um, a little flat sheet of plastic. Uh, thick that you can stick in your child's mouth and you have them chomp down on it and it makes an impression of their teeth okay and then you put it in a drawer for safekeeping so once your child is found not only murdered but so decayed or disfigured that you can't even recognize him luckily lucky you you've got your tooth prints in the junk drawer so when this is being sold to parents as something that every parent needs is the identification kit for their day decayed body their child's body um you're living in a society that is force feeding you a horror movie and you're the star and your kid is dead and that's every day over the last century or so Mm -hmm. we've gotten kids away from things that we know were dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercury. Don't and eat paint right. chips, kids. Right, right, right. Lead. Uh, mm-hmm. But it seems like they're, that same intensity of yes. concern yes. is focused on smaller and smaller problems. That's Yeah, that's the conundrum. I mean, who would say that it's a bad idea to get lead out of paint and lead out of gas? Those are great things. And we're so much safer um, than we were in my childhood, and we we're still breathing in some of this stuff. Um, but it's almost like um, it's like anorexia. It's like look in the mirror, you're skinny enough. It's like look in the mirror, you're a safe enough society now. I mean, uh, I read an article yesterday from some uh, environmental magazine saying even the BPA-free plastic isn't BPA-free enough. So nothing is safe enough, and it's this continuum where I almost feel like, oh, if only we could protest apartheid, but we can't. <laughs> you know, uh, things got better, darn. Um, so we have to protest something, and so we end up uh, focusing on minutia. The, 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 lead, the lead issue um, came to, to me, the apotheosis of stupidity, when Timberlane had to recall its children's boots because inside, on the insole, where they stamped the word Timberlane or Timberland, uh, the paint that the stamp was made with had some lead in it. So somehow that was a danger to child. You'd have to tear apart the shoe and then eat it. Um, and, you know, by the time you're tearing apart the shoe and eating it, your kid has a lot more problems than the lead that's in a stamp. Um, but that's considered dangerous enough to pull off the market and to, you know, to, to tell parents never to use it, to tell stores never to sell it, and to have the government regulators come in. And that's, that's what turned me on to Cato, for God's sake. That's what turned me on to becoming skeptical of government regulations when I started seeing things that I thought were safe and fine um, be called dangerous and um, illegal, like letting your kid walk to school or play in the park. I mean, I hear, I'd say once a month from somebody who has been arrested for letting their kid walk to the pizza parlor, play outside, um, you know, uh, ride their bike around the neighborhood, or be at the playground unattended. Fretful mothers are yes. part of this. Media is part of this. There is a regulatory response, mm-hmm. and then there is liability created liability by right. uh, having children and allowing them to behave in certain ways that children used to be allowed to behave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that fear of that liability drives parents to act like the parents who were fretful to begin with, even if that's not their natural impulse. Is that you? You nailed it. You nailed it. It is such a vicious circle because. 
Um, for instance, a school will hear about another school where a kid, um, you know, was playing tag and fell and the parents sued. Maybe the parents didn't even want to sue. Maybe they went to get the kid's leg um, fixed at the hospital and their insurance company wouldn't pay for it because they would rather sue the school board. And so then another school board in another city sees that a parent has sued the school for the broken leg when they were playing tag and they say, that's it, no tag. My kids grew up at a school where you could only run on the perimeter of the playground because running within the playground was considered too dangerous because you could, God forbid, run into somebody. I, I thought that's the point of tag. Is to tag somebody, but that's too dangerous. So, <laughs> so where do we go? Yeah. You know, so, so I, what? I mean, what is the fix? Where do we go from here? I, I'm here today because I hoped you guys would figure that out. Because I keep pointing out the problem, which is that between uh, a litigious society, an expert society that's always going to come up with something dangerous that they think that you shouldn't do, even if it's God forbid giving your kid uh, formula instead of breast milk, you know. Um, and I see the media harping on the weirdest, scariest stories and telling parents that just because something bad happened to some kid somewhere, now all children are in danger of this everywhere all the time and exhorting us to pay more attention and hug our kids a little harder. Um, and uh, like after Sandy Hook, you would not believe how many crazy regulations schools put in. Uh, I, I, one mom, one mom, one teacher wrote to me that she's a substitute teacher. She goes to a bunch of schools in the neighborhood. And now, not only were all the hallways locked, she was given a key to open the hallways. But when she got to the room where she was going to be substituting for the teacher and the teacher had to come out and the teacher knows her, um, she had to say the secret password before the teacher would open the door. Okay, two adults, they recognize each other. And then uh, just one more thing that's driving me crazy is that across the country, and, and last week I heard from a mom in Iowa, where in a town of 1,000 where this has started happening. The school is saying, don't hold the door open for anyone behind you, even if you know them. It's just not safe. There's like a blindness about real safety versus insane, unnecessary safety. And um, for me, the answer personally, what I do is I go around, hopefully being kind of funny, pointing out not only the absurdity of not holding the door open for the person behind you in this town of 1,000, you know, or the cow behind you, for God's sake, we're talking about rural Iowa, um, but how that actually ruins society and makes you less safe. If you, you know, if you don't trust anyone, if you feel like you can't ask anybody for help, if you make everything into a federal case and you have to sign out your kid and show the ID and give them a blood sample before you can take your kid home, nobody gets to help each other. The whole Mayberry world that we think of as so safe is, is off limits to us because we've been told that no, don't trust anyone, don't do anything the old fashioned way, always look to regulation, always look to more bureaucracy. And I try to show them that that's not the world you want to live in, that's not the world you grew up in, it's not the world you cherish, and you have to push back. What is the impact on children? I mean, so many schools uh, after Sandy Hook, obviously locking mm -hmm. doors, putting armed people outside and mm -hmm. sometimes inside schools, mm -hmm. children not being allowed to walk to, to school anymore. What What is the is, – is there – do we know, at least research-wise, whether or not there is – a, a clear yeah, impact research, on young people? Yeah, research-wise, there's a lot of research showing that kids today are um, more anxious and depressed, and we know that they're more fat, uh, you know? Um, I think uh, an obvious and immediate uh, problem is that by keeping our kids inside all the time, quote-unquote, for their safety, um, we're keeping them safe for something that is so rare um, as to be unpredictable, um, which is, you know, a, a kidnapping. Uh, it's like trying to protect your kids from falling chandeliers. Sometimes they do, but I don't think you, you know, even if you didn't protect your kid from them, 
you know, 99.99999% of them are going to be safe. So, so you're trying to protect them from something that is very rare and, and, and unlikely. And in the meantime, something very bad and common is happening to them. I think one, I don't actually know the statistic. I think it's one fifth of kids today are considered obese and the diabetes rate has literally doubled um, for children from what it was 10 years ago. Depression is on the rise. So um, I think that if parents want to keep their kids safe, let's think about the things that you can keep them safe from, which is um, uh, growing fat, bored, depressed and diabetic by sitting inside all the time. Um, the answer on a personal level, I think, is usually to think back on your own childhood Brace yourself, you know, hold your tongue, sit down in a chair for just an hour while you let your kid go do something that you used to do. And when your kid comes inside and they're so happy and they tell you something that you remember from childhood, oh, mom, I just rode my bike all the way to the library, which there are libraries that won't allow children under age 12 there by themselves anymore. But anyways, say they drove themselves to someplace they could go, um, like a friend's house. Or if they walked to school or they climbed a tree, they played, you know, they made up a new game and they want to show it to you. That kind of joy will break through the fear. And that's actually, frankly, the only thing that I've seen breaking through the fear. When a kid comes home so happy and so proud, all these parents who are so in love with their kids, as are we all, um, the love comes through because they're happy for the kid. And that breaks the cycle of fear. You just have to let your kids do it once. It's like behavioral therapy. Let your kids do it once. And when they come back and they're flushed and they're kind of sweaty and they're hungry and they can't stop talking because they're so excited, you'll get excited too. And that overweening fear that's been smushed onto us by the media and the experts and society at large vanishes in a smile. Lenore Skenazy is founder of Free Range Kids and host of the series World's Worst Mom, you can watch our event on this subject at our website, cato.org.